This is the Talk Theater in Chicago interview podcast. I'm your host this week, Anne Nicholson Weber, and my guest today is Peter Handler, who is program director at the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, um, a local foundation that gives a lot of money to um, Chicago theater, at least to a lot of Chicago theaters. It may not be a lot of money. Um, and I wanted to talk to Peter. Actually, this goes back to a conversation I had with Martha Levy at Steppenwolf a few years back, and I asked her for unsung heroes of the Chicago theater scene, and Peter's name came up. So I was intrigued by that, and two years later, um, we're talking. So, Peter, I, I would like to know, just to start, how you, if you have a background in theater or whether your background was in grants or foundations or not-for-profits and just brought you here, so just to get a feeling of who you are. I do have a background in theater. I've worked in uh, Chicago theater for many years as a playwright mm. and as a sort of a producer and a little bit of a, as an actor, and I've directed also. Um, I still work as a playwright. And I came to the, I first learned of the Driehaus Foundation. I was a community organizer and a grant writer for a nonprofit working on the south side of Chicago and got to know the Driehaus Foundation and their interest in working with small theaters and dance companies. Um, and coincidentally, I was getting ready to direct a play of my own and the Sonny Fisher, the head of the Driehaus Foundation, uh, encouraged me to apply to her, to the foundation, for a grant for my upcoming play. Mm. And that began a conversation on how the Driehaus Foundation might work with theaters. Uh, separately, both Richard Driehaus and Sonny Fisher had become uh, friendly with a couple of different folks who were doing small theaters. Mm. Um, what, what era did this connection between the foundation and Chicago theater begin? This was 1995 mm -hmm. and six. So the last 15 years. Uh, the, the different incidents, one was a colleague of Sonny Fisher's, who's, who's my boss here, a colleague of hers had sent a small young theater company called Rivendell. Yep. Uh, they needed a small grant. I think it was $3,000 to reopen what I think was their first production called Wrens. And they needed to reopen it so that they could qualify for the Jeff Committee. Yes. They didn't have enough performances. They didn't have enough performances. Uh -huh. And the foundation that had referred them to the Driehaus Foundation, was that foundation was unable to make a small uh, grant of that size. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they didn't fund theater. I'm not exactly sure. And uh, the Driehaus Foundation gave them this grant gave Rivendell $3,000. They opened the production again, and they went on, and I think they won a couple of Jeff Awards. Mm -hmm. um, so in that case, it's, you know, Driehaus Foundation had nothing to do with the quality of the work, but the need for a small, timely grant. Separately, Richard Driehaus uh, had become friendly with a couple of different folks, some of whom were uh, working in Roadworks Theater mm -hmm. Company. Right. Uh, and I think he met them. They were waiters at a restaurant that he frequented. Oh, wow. And he, uh, the Driehaus Foundation gave Roadworks a couple of early small grants, ended up giving them later on some larger grants. But through both of these experiences, Sonny and Richard were able to see how uh, 
small, timely grants mm -hmm. could have quite an effect on a, a, a small, small company. company. Yeah. Um, and as a, a small foundation like ours has an ability to make decisions quickly mm -hmm. that other foundations don't always can't always do. You have these long funding cycles and right. huge piles of proposals. And uh, ironically enough, we now have a funding program for small theater and dance companies that does have sort of a long process. Right, because you're a victim of your own success in a way. It does. And yeah. we'll get 40 or 50 proposals at each deadline, and it will take us four to six months mm -hmm. to work through them and to schedule meetings with our board. Um, but it is, but we also do have, we have other programs where we can respond more quickly. Um, well, so, all right, so you came here about 15 years ago, and it was um, in order specifically to do work relating to theater, or was it a broader? Specifically, Sunny asked me to come and work with her to develop a program that would fund small theater and dance companies. Mm -hmm. And among the first questions she asked me was to go out and find out from her colleagues in the philanthropy community, and as well as uh, theater and dance uh, makers mm -hmm. of all sizes, one question was, well, what is small? Mm. Is small $10,000 budget? Is it 100 One of our colleagues at another foundation refers to anything under a million dollars as little. Uh-huh, right. And that doesn't not, that leaves most of Chicago theater. <laughs> that does. And we found out that, in fact, there was a di divide or not a, mm -hmm. you know, a, a debate about mm -hmm. what not only small meant, um, but what a small grant would be. Mm -hmm. Is a small grant uh, 5000 Is it 10000 Right. Uh, and I went to the largest and the smallest theater companies to ask these questions and to also ask them what kind of funding program would be helpful. Mm -hmm. Would you like a funding program that had a rolling application? Mm -hmm. First come, first served. Would you like set deadlines? How many deadlines a year would be useful? Mm. Um, uh, should it be project specific or general operating? Uh, that wasn't a terribly difficult question for us. The great majority of grants from the Driehaus Foundation in all areas are for general operation. Which I think is unusual. Isn't that right? It's not. Uh, there are a number of foundations that do it many more Try to tend to do specific. It's mm -hmm. not rare, but it's not as common as grantees would like. Right, right. Completely, you know, sort of unrestricted general operating funds. And I probably over the course of six to eight months interviewed a whole host of people and wrote a report uh, on what a funding program could look like. Mm hmm. And then Sunny brought it to her board, and they initially approved a pilot program of $50,000 that we distributed in, um, I think it was 1997. And that pilot project was defined how? It was not so clearly defined. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was, let's put out a request for proposals, uh, publicize it see who so we've talked to people over the previous year year and a half and now let's see if in fact they um, what kind of proposals come in and how, what kind of effect we can have so we had i think two rounds of 
funding in that first year. And we're making, I want to say we made 12 to 15 grants, uh, maybe a few more, totaling Mm $50,000. The next year, the Driehaus Foundation increased it, I think, to $60,000. And I remember coming in and having a a set of recommendations for maybe $70,000. I couldn't make the determination for two or three companies. Mm. And I thought, well, you know, we'll just discuss it and the board will decide. And the board ended up funding them all. Uh-huh. So we went from fifty to 70000 And then the next year, um, Sonny Fisher, my uh, the executive director here, had been very interested in sharing what we were doing with our colleagues in Chicago, in Chicago philanthropy, and in, in showing them that there was a need for grants for small theater and dance companies. And we we shared our our results, what we were finding through the Donors Forum. And the MacArthur Foundation came to us and said that they would like to... We, we had been hoping that someone else would start funding groups on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, the, the MacArthur Foundation asked if they could give Driehaus Foundation money uh, to increase the size of our program. Wow. That was a vote of confidence. That was wonderful. Uh, Completely unexpected. And that, I think, that conversation started in 99. And the first grant may have been in, I want to say, maybe the year 2000. Mm -hmm. So from 97, when we had $50,000 to give away, in the year 2000, I think we had 100,000 from each of the Driehaus Foundation and the MacArthur Foundation. So 200,000. 200,000. So threefold and more in, in a few years. That's a good success story. It's, it was great. It was great. Well, what was the, maybe it's not important to go back so far, but I don't know how much has changed. What was the story that you think MacArthur was hearing that was so uh, appealing and um, inspiring that they would give you this money to, con- what, what, what was it, that, what did they see you as accomplishing? They saw us as being out in and amongst the theater and dance makers, mm-hmm. uh, effectively responding to to real needs of both startup and ongoing but smaller companies mm-hmm. that were too small for them to work with. To pay attention to individually. Right. Basically. They didn't have the staff. And one of the surprising things in philanthropy at least the way we do it, it takes pretty much the same effort from, say, a foundation standpoint to work through a $5,000 grant as it does to work through a $100,000 yeah. or $200,000 grant. Mm-hmm. Um, you're doing much the same background work, much the same evaluation of a group's ability to take money, to spend it wisely, mm-hmm. and to do what they say they're going to do. Yeah. Um, and MacArthur didn't have the staff to to put on that, but they really they had a strong interest in supporting and continuing to support the Chicago art scene. Yeah. Well, from your own point of view, when you're looking at a pile of fifty proposals and you're going to be able to fund, what's the number now? We're funding between fifty and sixty percent. So that's a pretty high Pretty right. high odds. <laughs> well, it is. De- depending on the economy, mm-hmm. we are 
fairly regularly in conversation here about whether we should give, if we have $100, should we give 100 groups a dollar each right. or should we give one group $100? And are you still giving each group 100, uh, 100 groups $1 each? My board and the MacArthur Foundation both asked me to make fewer they should they ask the Driehaus Foundation in general to mm-hmm. make fewer but larger grants throughout mm-hmm. what we throughout all of our program areas and we were moving towards making our theater and dance grants uh raising the average size um from maybe 5000 to $6000 mm-hmm. a few years ago and then in 08 when the financial world fell apart and the recession started um, with their permission, I went and reversed course mm-hmm. and just thought, given the decline in in donations to theaters in general and to dance companies, we made we started just making uh, more grants of a slightly smaller size. Keep people afloat through this time, essentially. Yeah, or you know, give them try to spread the money around a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you talked about one criteria being, or maybe the criteria being, you know, is a company going to be able to spend the money wisely and do what they said they were going to do? But is there more to it? Than oh, that? yeah. The initial criteria, and I think the the most important criteria for us at the Driehaus Foundation is the quality of the work mm-hmm. on stage. Mm-hmm. And how are you measuring that? We go see work. And the we is you and? Myself, I have a uh, I have a group of four or five people who throughout the year go see shows on our mm-hmm. behalf and write reviews for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So in any given year, the Driehaus Foundation is seeing oh, 80 to 100 performances. And how, I mean, even even though that's a large number, you and I know that's still kind of scratching the surface it of is. what there is in Chicago. So how do you even decide what to go see? We, I should also say, in addition to going to see it shows ourselves, we will read reviews. Mm-hmm. We will talk to people in the theater and dance community, get their opinions about what what's going on, and um, we try not to make the decision based on what we like. Mm-hmm. Um, it has it happens that we will see things that we don't like, but that we appreciate or can see in it that there is something. Other people like that there's some skill, some ambition, some uh, intent that uh, it may be far above my ability to grasp, but mm-hmm. there's clearly something going on and uh, it's worth – we have the flexibility to support things that are developing yeah. and that are experimental and that don't have an audience today but may have an audience in a year or two or three. Um, if a group – never finds an audience, or perhaps more importantly, never really tries to find an audience. Mm-hmm. We're not going to continue funding them. But our funding is not uh, based on their ability to produce a certain type of show. It's so not a popularity contest. It certainly is not. Yeah. Uh-huh. certainly is not. I mean, that's a very tricky um, judgment that you've just described as I listen to it. And you know, I think this whole question of what one likes and the whole issue of taste, being able to admire without liking, is a fascinating. And I'm not sure I do it well. We try. Yeah. Well, can you can you describe? I mean, one thing it sounds like I, I pick out from what you've said is that some something that seems innovative might catch your eye, even if 
maybe it's not succeeding yet. Is that a fair statement? That is a fair statement. And then the question of what is innovation mm -hmm. is something that we discuss um, among ourselves and that I will call people in the theater community and say, uh, what do you think of this? Mm -hmm. um, the reviewers I work with, whether they're in theater and dance, come from there. Most of them are practitioners or have been practitioners themselves. Yeah. So the reviews I get are not like the reviews you're going to read in the newspapers or magazines. Um, they're going to start with, uh, I mean, they're going to, uh, among other things, my, the reviews I get will try to put the show in context. If it's, uh, especially if it's a new work, mm -hmm. um, what is the work similar to? What tradition does it seem to be coming out of? Whether the reviewer gleaned this from just watching the performance or from reading notes, the How director's the artists notes. Yeah. Or talking to the artists. themselves, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. we're, um, we're, we will go talk to people, ask mm -hmm. them what they're intending to do mm -hmm. and why. Um, one of Richard Driehaus's and Sonny Fisher's uh, hopes for this funding program was to through making a small, timely grant, seeding in a way, uh, to help continue the richness of Chicago theater. Mm -hmm. um, they by no means expected to... They, they come at it thinking that the Chicago theater scene was already exciting, and in what ways could we help? Mm -hmm. And we thought we could help with uh, especially smaller groups and new groups that don't qualify for other foundation grants, that don't know yet how to raise money from individuals, right. from businesses, uh, that may need a boost to get a show up before they can attract some attention from reviewers. Mm -hmm. um, this was all happening beforehand, and it would happen were the Driehaus Foundation not here. Right. Just we, a nudge. We thought we could help with a nudge, a, uh -huh. a, a gentle, healthy nudge. Uh -huh. And I, that seems to be working. Mm -hmm. It seems to be helpful. Well, when you think back to now 15 years of funding, are there patterns that emerge that you say that was a success? That's what success looks like. Those are our criteria for success in our funding. There aren't a set of things at all that strike me as always successful. Um I look back on a number of groups, a number of performances that, for example, that I have found thrilling, groups that are no longer here, mm -hmm. and don't consider those failures, um, and other groups that continue to, that we have funded at some point, but we no longer do, and that they're still, they still exist, and I don't necessarily think of those as successes. successes. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Some of the things, some of the traits that we consider successful might, would include, uh, watching playwrights, directors, actors who, uh, have been working in small, in a small or in a, a number of small companies for a few years. And because of their, we think of it sort of as a, as a training ground. Mm -hmm. The small performance scene, uh, for any number of artists and designers works to hone their skills get experience and get a uh, uh have someone see them have some have a show be successful and get a longer run um we've had a number of 
grantees have shows that have uh, been remounted in Chicago. Some get to transfer out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. We've seen people continue to work at their small companies and also work at larger companies. Um, right. Those are, we consider that successful, but it's not that we tie any of it to our grants. We don't say, oh, so-and-so is working at Steppenwolf now because we gave them a grant. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's very hard to say that because of a Driehaus grant, this did or didn't happen. Right, right. Um it's not a very measurable uh, world that you've chosen. To <laughs> it isn't. And that's, uh, I find it, uh, I like that part of it. Mm-hmm. I find it more, I, I, I appreciate some of the things that can be measured. Mm-hmm. And I find a joy and an excitement in trying to sift through those things that can't necessarily be quantified, but can be discussed and debated and evaluated in other ways. Well, just to push you a little further, though, on this idea of, I I mean, I absolutely appreciate your saying that you can't really measure this kind of success you're looking for, and you may not even totally be able to articulate it. But Though my I, board asks me to articulate it. Uh-huh. Okay. So and I'm I being, try. Uh-huh. I mean, is it um, maybe maybe a way to do it would be an example, if you don't mind. You know, something that you just say, I'm really glad Driehaus was there right then and there. I think that was important. Just any – is there an example, an anecdote? Um, well, one anecdote that was – that I, I – that comes to mind – um, early in the history of the Albany Park Theater Project. Mm. Familiar with them? No. Um, I, I just remember uh, the first grant that Driehaus made to them, um, we sent them the news. I think we called them to let them know that they were getting this grant. And the same day, the same, within a couple of matter of days, I think, um, they received news of three grants. Wow. Uh, and I believe that was the Albany Park Theater Project's first ever grants. They got three in wow. a day or two. And for them, it was not only a huge infusion of cash for their programming, but a huge boost of confidence yeah. and encouragement. Yeah. And, and I have a real ongoing question about how useful is a three or four or five thousand dollar grant. Right. Um, Clearly, if you're a theater company that has a fifteen or twenty-five thousand dollar budget, that's a pretty big percentage. That's a big percentage. <laughs> yeah. I I know, in fact, though, that at fifteen to twenty-five thousand dollars, or even even double that, companies are not paying their actors, their administrators, right. their designers uh, hardly anything, if if anything at all. Right. Um. And if they're paying them, it's token amount. It's bus fare right. or money for beers afterwards. Right. So I do have a question sometimes about whether at you know a $5,000 grant, uh, I know it's encouraging. I know it's um, it gives confidence to people, to the recipients. Mm-hmm. I also know that if they get a grant, almost from anybody, 
that they can use that as an attraction for someone else to give money. Gives them credibility, gives them, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm certainly happy that uh, the Driehaus Foundation can play that role. Yeah. Uh, we go see a lot of work. We try to, we're not, I'm not out there saying that uh, we are tastemakers, but we are certainly out there to say to our colleagues, uh, here are a whole host of people doing serious, ambitious, interesting, and exciting work. Mm -hmm. Pay um, attention to that. Pay attention. Go yeah. see it. If yeah. we've given them a grant, uh, it, does, we, it, it means we think that there's some potential here, if not some real excitement happening. Um, but then I wonder, should we be making smaller and larger grants so that people might earn a living doing it? Yeah. And I really wonder and worry about that when I'm thinking about artists in their 30s and 40s and 50s. Right. A 20 to early 30-year-old, uh, I'm sure, would love a grant, but they don't need it mm -hmm. to make their work. Right. And it's hard to do the things we want to do when we get to be 30s and 40s, have a family, have some stability in where you live and how you live, and still be making art. And I'm very interested in the stories that artists who are not only 20 mm -hmm. can tell us. So, so we're not only seeing the art of 20-year-olds. Of developing artists, but right. the mature artists. Right, right. Well, that raises to me a really interesting question, uh, which may be way beyond the scope of what you feel you're qualified to answer, but what do you think makes a healthy artistic community or specifically theater community? And do you have any idea why there's this feeling of a flowering right now in Chicago? What are the factors that make something like that happen? Well, not to be, uh, not to be rude, but I would, I'm not sure that there is a new flowering. It may be a continual flowering looking back for in Chicago for 40, 50 years, yeah. um, I'm not sure that today looks different to me than 15 years ago when I started this program with the Driehaus Foundation. Um, it was exciting then, and it's it seems as exciting now. Uh-huh. Um, well, okay. I mean, I, I would say myself that I do feel, I mean, I completely agree with you that sort of in the late 60s and early 70s was the beginning of our scene, and it's certainly been here throughout that time. Well, and even that's not the beginning. You can obviously keep going back. But I also, my perception, and I think of that of other people I talk to, is that there's something in the air right now over the past three, four years. That and what feels, would that be? What does it seem like to you? Well, I suspect some of it has to do with a, a national recognition of Chicago that, that feels newer, you know, that suddenly it's not just us in our own backyard having this great time together, but, you know, the Wall Street Journal and the London Independent, people noticing from other communities um, are, are seen and things like Steppenwolf, you know, going to Broadway. And, but I don't know that even that's all of it for me. It, it feels like there's just a higher percentage of really cool stuff when I go to the theater these days. That's great. I don't know. And, and I, I would agree that that's all true. And it seems to me that it's been true all along, at mm -hmm. least for 15, 20 years. Well, you just may have a more sophisticated, more in-depth uh, awareness going further back than I do. One but my the, question stands, which yeah. is which is still an interesting question. What makes what are the things that are required if you're Cincinnati or you know some other city that doesn't have theater 
in your core identity with the way we do, what are the things that you would need to add to your culture to have make it happen? Assuming you even wanted to. <laughs> right, assuming you want it to happen. I, I'm sure I'm going to name some things and miss some others. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and certainly, you know, we, we have, among the elements that we have, uh, Chicago is fairly affordable mm-hmm. by... New York standards. <laughs> New York standards, Los Angeles standards. Right. Um, I remember one of the more uh, surprising, exciting performances that I went to many years ago now mm-hmm. um, was in a, uh, I suppose you'd call it a garden theater. Um, we have garden apartments, which are a few steps below sidewalk where the windows are at ground level. Uh-huh. And this was a ground level or a actually somewhat below ground level uh, storefront. And this place sat 12 and there were 12 bar stools. And the day that I went, the night that I went to the show, there were 18 of us. So six of us stood uh-huh. and the proprietor, the artistic director of the theater had recently moved from New York and he could not believe his luck and his fortune in being able to put on a show, even for 18 people, as affordable as it was for him in Chicago, yeah. given how expensive New York had been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that certainly a lot of people find that it's a, you, it's affordable to live. You can find part-time work or you can find full-time work that allows you to go off and audition or go off and do your show. Mm-hmm. Um, finding renting space is always tricky and is uh, contrary. It has become much more difficult, I think. Yeah. Um, we have... Uh, for any number of reasons, we have a population that's interested, that wants to go see things, that will take a risk, um, that will go see shows in their neighborhood, um, shows before they're reviewed. Uh, we have There's a lot of young folks who get their friends to come see it, and so you begin to build at least some audience or an ability to make it past your first and second show mm-hmm. because you, you didn't lose your shirt completely. Right. We have a history going back many, many years, 50, 60 years, of the newspapers being encouraging and allowing their staff to go review, you know, go out back to Claudia Cassidy. And obviously, Richard Christensen is huge, yeah. has a huge influence in the creation of the off loop scene. Yeah. Because By, he paid attention to it. He paid attention. From and, a big. And platform. he went. And, you know, I before I had this job at Driehaus, I remember I'd go to the theater uh, and it could be in a big theater or it could be... A hole in the wall. Really little places. Mm-hmm. And there he would be. Yeah. yeah. Um, sitting, watching. Uh, he, it was remarkable. Yeah. And I don't know. Uh, and then we still have that. Mm-hmm. You know, we have two papers reviewing plus... Uh, a couple of weeklies, and we have all sorts of internet reviewers. Yeah, yeah, a lot of internet. I think the internet reviewers are coming, becoming more and more uh, influential and sort of opening up uh, another way to relate to the theater. So certainly a town that doesn't have the history with the dailies or the weeklies, mm-hmm. maybe there's a... A new opportunity. With the, with the internet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Is there anything in the Midwestern soul? 
<laughs> Probably not. <laughs> We're not going to get grandiose about it. <laughs> but you know, uh, another thing we have, we despite the city of Chicago's occasional attempts to shut down theaters mm-hmm. for lack of code, light, code so, yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. uh, the city is actually very responsive and yeah. supportive of the small burgeoning uh, performance scene. Yeah, yeah. I know for a lot of um, theater artists, the DCA is the Department of Cultural Affairs is really quite a hero, and the Storefront Theater offering that space. And They're great, but not yeah. only that, there's staff there who will help people find spaces around in the community. Right. If there, are, if theaters, if companies are looking either to rent uh, a short-term space or to move in somewhere, the Department of Cultural Affairs is helpful. Yeah. Um, the mayor championed the theater. Uh, what do we call it? Theater Row on Randolph Street. Mm-hmm. Um, which, while it doesn't feed the neighborhoods directly, I think feeds interest in theater yeah. in general. Yeah. Um, and provides some jobs for Chicago artists, too. I mean, those are not all New York people in those shows by right. any stretch. Yeah. Right. They get a good run of a real paycheck. <laughs> and some insurance is not a bad thing. Right, right, right. Well, um, we're actually out of time. Oh, my God. And I really appreciate your taking the time to, to talk about a very a personal approach, I would say, to um, funding. Mm-hmm. 